You're listening to The Reconditioned Podcast, empowering people to take back ownership of their well-being. And today I speak with Manny Norland, principal of the School of Homeopathy, all about the incredible power of homeopathic medicine. So stay tuned. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach, and following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair-bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true, long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This episode of Reconditioned is sponsored by Urban Veda, one of the only skincare brands I've personally found that is genuinely natural and cruelty-free, yet still smells and feels as luxurious as conventional brands, which is something I always found hard to find. Formulated with Ayurvedic principles, there is something for every skin type. Head to urbanveda.com and enter the code LAUREN15 at checkout for a 15% discount across the range. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Today's show is pretty awesome with Manny Norland, who is the principal of the School of Homeopathy. For those of you who have been following me or listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that homeopathy has been a massive part of my own healing journey, that it was an integral tool in my remission. As I always say with everything, nothing works in isolation, I don't believe. I think if I was eating rubbish every day and not paying attention to my emotional trauma, then I'm not sure that the homeopathy would have worked as well. But homeopathy has helped me with everything from arthritis, long-term debilitating degenerative autoimmune arthritis, to stomach problems and teething with my kids. I mean, the things I've used it for with my kids, I use it for them for everything. Cuts and scrapes and falls, teething, fevers, you know, before I ever consider any sort of other medicine, homeopathy is always my first port of call. And my homeopath is the first person I would go to if there is a problem, my kids are ill or anything like that. So it is such an amazing tool. And in this episode, we don't so much go through every ailment or specific examples of different conditions. What we do is talk about the power of homeopathy, why it's powerful, how it works, where it originated from, how a consultation works. Basically, if you're new to homeopathy, everything you need to know to understand how to make it work for you with a homeopath and also at home. We talk about the kits 
I always call it my home essentials well-being toolkit, which includes everything from my essential oils to my herbs to whatever I use for my creams and balms and everything. And homeopathy is part of my wellness toolkit. And having one at home is just so amazing for when you're, like we talk about in this episode and you'll see, it's empowering being able to treat yourself, to have the medicine to treat yourself and your children when a health problem arises, it's truly empowering. And that's what this episode is about, really going into how to empower yourself with homeopathy, why it's so powerful and how to implement it into your life. This episode, as you probably heard, is also sponsored by Urban Veda, the skincare brand that I love. And it goes along so nicely with this episode because homeopathy and Ayurveda really are very, very similar and work very much in the same way in terms of a constitutional approach, a very personalized approach. In Ayurveda, we talk about doshas, so something that kind of sums up your personality and your constitution, and we do that in homeopathy as well. It's all about the person, not the disease, the person, not the condition. Homeopathy and Ayurveda both do that, and Urban Veda use Ayurveda Ayurvedic principles to create their amazing skincare range. And I don't just say this because they sponsor the episode, as I've said before, I am in affiliation with them because I love their brand. So if you are into a personalized approach to healing, this episode is for you. And the Urban Veda products are honestly for you because they use a personalized approach. So you can go onto their website, take their dosha quiz and see really which product is formulated specifically for your skincare super powerful and i hope you find this episode just as powerful i am such a huge fan of homeopathy and if you are new to it or you're considering it or you have considered it in the past even if you're one of the people that thinks i've used it before it didn't work it's not a one-time kind of just use it once and hope that it fixes everything kind of thing like nothing is so i would urge you to have a listen to this episode really enjoy it and see how it makes you feel and if it encourages you to start using homeopathy as part of your family well-being toolkit like I do with mine. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. And of course, as usual, if you enjoy it, please share with someone you love who might also enjoy it and benefit from it because this is how people hear about podcasts and change their lives through other people telling them about things that help them. So without further ado, here is the episode all about homeopathy. Manny Norland is principal of the School of Homeopathy. Manny grew up with homeopathy and trained at the school himself in 1999. He has studied with many leading homeopaths and is a founding member of Homeopathy Course Providers Forum and a founding member and vice chair of For Homeopathy, the pro-homeopathy group of 11 organizations in the UK. He stands on the events panel for the Society of Homeopaths and is on the organizing committee for Homeopathic Research Institute. Manny also teaches students in the fourth year about setting up in practice. Manny is passionate about the positive promotion of homeopathy to the general public and has written many articles on homeopathy, has been interviewed on many media outlets and lectures extensively on the subject. So welcome, Manny. Thank you for being here. Hi there. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks for that nice introduction. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm a fan of your work. Uh, but before we get into that, I always start the show by asking the guest, what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Oh, my wellness. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I do have a little bit of a routine in the mornings. Um, the first thing I do when I wake up is drink a glass of water. Mm. Um, I think 
water features quite importantly in the mornings. We use the bathroom, we have a wash and we have a drink and we brush our teeth and then we go down and make a cup of tea and these sorts of things. So there's, there's lots to do with water, but essentially you've been resting for the evening and I think it's really important to hydrate first thing. So the first thing I do is have a, a large glass of water. And I'm also into cold showers. Mm. So I start with a warm shower and do everything that I need to do. And then right at the end, I turn the shower to cold. And the advice is that you start with 15 seconds and then build up each week to a maximum of two minutes. And I've been doing two minutes for about the last two years. It's very invigorating and slightly addictive. It kind of leaves you in a good mood. And it's a really nice way to start the day. So I would say, you know, I could go on and talk about my breakfast, but I think that, <laughs> that gives you a bit of an idea. Two really good, important things to do at the start of the day. Very simple. Anyone can do them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a fan of the idea of the cold showers. My husband's really into it. And, and I actually had a guest on a few episodes ago who was saying that and about open water swimming. And it's kind of the last thing in my wellness journey that I need to push myself through in terms of the mental side of that. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic for mental health because it's especially the open water swimming. It really mm. it really releases endorphins and improves mood. And there's very good research to show that cold water swimming and cold showers is, is as good as or better than antidepressants for, yeah. for keeping you fit and healthy and keeping your mood up. So it's a good way to start the day. Amazing, amazing way to start the day. So I always think a great place to start the conversation is by you telling us a little bit about your background, maybe even your upbringing and how any of that impacted what you do today. Sure, yeah, of course. Well, as you said in my introduction, I grew up with homeopathy all around me. So what does that mean? That means my dad is a homeopath and was actually a very well-known homeopath. He's still, uh, he's still with us, um, but he no longer works at the school. He's 78 now, so he's retired, but he still does do a few bits and pieces with students and with the school. That's the magic of Zoom and webinars. <laughs> he obviously was very influential in my growing up. And so I'm a, I'm a kind of homeopathic baby and very, very rarely used to see the doctor unless it was a, a kind of broken bone. Everything was dealt with naturally, but... As you go through your teens, the last thing you want to do is be like your dad. <laughs> so I forged my own path and went into design and worked in design in London for 15 years. And I was a creative director at one of the leading agencies there, specializing in sort of brand and graphics and visual identity. Then I thought it would be a good idea to do my dad's homeopathy course before he retires because it's just it's just a fabulous system of medicine. It's a really good thing to have under your belt. And you don't need to know that much to be able to help yourself and your family. So originally, I thought, I'll just go and do year one. You know, I can travel to the school once a month because the classes are one weekend a month. So I can carry on with my London job and fit this in. And I told my wife, Amanda, and she was like, oh, wow, I want to do it too. So we both enrolled on the course and went along and we had our sort of getaway from city life and enjoyed going down to Devon where the school was then currently. So we were in the countryside and we got to see the family and we got to learn homeopathy and we both totally got the bug. You know, this idea of just doing one year turned into two years, turned into three years mm -hmm. and then eventually we did the whole course 
and then I, you know, set up into practice and started seeing patients and so on. But it really, it came at a point, I guess, where my wife and I had decided that maybe we wanted to do something else. You know, we both had good careers, but were they the right careers? You know, you start to sort of weigh things up as you get older. You know, when you're in your 20s, you're just desperate to earn some money and and have a career and do something that you think is fun. And then later on, you kind of weigh things up and, and sort of think about, you know, what's important to you in life and your values and what you want to give back to the world. It's not just about earning money. And those sorts of thoughts were going around our heads. And then we were doing this homeopathy course and sort of learning about natural medicine and homeopathy. And that's very much about helping people and giving back and living much more in unison with nature and the environment. So this was really fitting with my values. And I guess as I learned homeopathy, I really understood what my father was doing and what all of that was about and why he was so passionate about the school. And so it all sort of came full circle. And then a friend of my dad's who was running a business called Alternative Training, he wanted to retire. And my wife and I got into conversations with him and ended up buying his business from him. And that's when we left London And then we rebranded Alternative Training to the School of Health. And that's the business where we offer distance learning courses in homeopathy from, you know, first aid courses for beginners, which you can do, you know, in a few days over a month or two through distance learning, all the way up to the foundation course or right the way through to the practitioner course. But also through Alternative Training, now the School of Health, We offer nutrition, naturopathy, herbal medicine, yoga, and all sorts. And then it just became the natural thing for my dad to say, well, do you want to take over the School of Homeopathy? So that's, yeah, maybe a bit of a long answer, but hopefully that gives gives you the picture and and that's that's how I ended up in homeopathy and running the school. It's always nice to hear the whole story, I think, because it it gives context to what someone does, which I enjoy. I think the first question that will be on people's minds and is something that a lot of people wonder when they hear about homeopathy is what actually is homeopathy and how does it work? Okay, yes, that is that is a question that we get asked, especially as Um, homeopathy is challenged on that front sometimes. It's interesting, I think, because we all take a lot of medicines all the time and nobody really stops to ask how they work. But yet, for some reason, homeopathy, this has become a big thing. You know, when you go to the GP and they prescribe a drug, you don't ask how that drug works. No, so Um, true. So homeopaths get asked this a lot. So homeopathy is a form of natural medicine, and it's actually one of the world's largest systems of natural medicine. I think it was back in 2004 that the World Health Organization said that homeopathy was the second largest system of medicine in the world. And um, system of medicine means that it's a complete system. Almost anything that you go to see your GP with you could go and see a homeopath with. It's that far reaching, but obviously for emergencies and broken bones and things like that, you need you need A and E. You know, I think homeopathy complements uh, and goes alongside other systems of medicine very nicely. It's one of the exciting things about it. Um, so you don't, it doesn't have to be all about one system of medicine. You can pick and choose the best system of medicine for the ailment that you have. Homeopathy has been around for around 250 years and was actually developed by a German doctor 
um, who was disillusioned with the medical practices of the time and was looking for another, another way of helping his patients. He was actually translating a lot of medical books in order to, to earn money because he was he was um, he didn't want to be practicing medicine anymore. He was that disillusioned with it. In, and his name was Samuel Hunneman, and um, he's he's uh, quite a remarkable uh, guy. You know, he was versed in many languages, extremely intelligent, and very you know very well respected. And he. Um, through all the translations of books, through all the medicine that he'd done, through his interest in health and disease, he um, realized um, that there are two ways to heal. And one is through opposites and the other is through similars. And this is very well known, um, all the way, it dates back thousands of years back to Hippocrates time. He spoke about two ways of healing. So, um, Opposites mean that you find the opposite of, of the symptoms and, and you, use, you use that to bring about cure. And similars means that you find something that's similar to the symptoms that the person is experiencing and you use that to bring about cure. And so homeopathy works on the, on the principles of similars. And what you're looking for is something in nature um, that brings about the same symptoms that your patient has and then you have this like cures, like effect. Um, and that, that brings about a healing response in the person. So how do we know what things in nature can cure? And, that, and you do that by, by um, running tests on, on healthy human beings, which all through, all through just trial and error, through, um, through the ages, you know, from people trying things when they're, when they're sick, which is of course how, how medicine will have started, you know, back thousands of years with traditional medicines, people would have just learned what to pick and what to eat to relieve symptoms, which would have all happened by accident. And some of those would have been working on opposites and some of those would have been working on similars. And so what, what homeopathy has done is just kind of systematized that and, and built a process around it uh, you know, a scientific evidence-based system. So you would pick a substance from nature that you wanted to see what its healing capacity was. And then you would run a trial on um, healthy, healthy humans, as healthy as you can find. I mean, what is a healthy human? You know, we could debate that for, for an hour, um, but um, yes, on, on healthy volunteers. And then they take um, some of the substance uh, and then they record um, their symptoms accurately over a period of days or perhaps weeks. Um, and then you have the first picture of the healing capacity of that, of that substance. And then you would add to that um, more information that comes out later on from clinical use. And so you build up the picture of a remedy. Um, and any remedies that have been used in traditional medicine or herbal medicine, you will find in homeopathy as well, because they're just well known remedies with good healing properties. And quite often they're, they're poisonous. You know, a lot of toxic and poisonous um, uh, things make great, make great medicines um, because of their toxicological effects, because they have that effect on you. Um, so let's, let's give an example. So you would have, 
a very well-known homeopathic remedy, um, probably the most used homeopathic remedy in the world is Arnica. And that's um, from, from a little flower that grows up on the hilltops. And it's known for its medical uses actually by the hilltop um, climbers that used to take Arnica to help relieve their aches and pains and to give them a boost so that they could climb better. Um, and that was its kind of first recorded use. Um, but in through further kind of testing and experimentation, it became very clear that Arnica is a fantastic remedy for tissue damage and bruising. Um, and it's very widely used for sort of knocks and bumps and scrapes, anything that leads to bruising. Um, you know, if you've, if you've had a fall or if you've got a black eye, you know, just take Arnica straight away and it's going to reduce and bring down the bruising um, in a much shorter space of time and take away um, the pain. Um, but also on the bigger remedy picture, you know, Arnica is great as a kind of first aid remedy for bruising, but the bigger picture is, is actually it's about shock and about injury. And if you think about shock and injury on a mental and emotional level, as well as a physical level, well, then you can think about trauma, you know, from fear or from, or, you know, maybe you've been attacked or maybe there's been some threat of attack or maybe you've feared for your life in some way or there's been some possibility of an accident or a near accident or you've been involved in an accident, then Arnica would be a fantastic remedy to give as soon as possible um, to somebody in that state of kind of shock uh, um, and emotional and mental bruising as well as physical bruising. It's interesting. I always thought it was aconite that was the shock remedy. So aconite is is very well known for fear of death, mm. um, and aconite is a kind of ah kind of shock. You know, oh my god, I'm going to die. Right. Um, whereas arnica is more of a trauma. Right. Um, and so, but you, they are both very good. Um, but arnica is very well known for the bruising and the first aid effects. Mm. But actually, it has this whole shock side as well. Um, so, but if Arnica, but if, if if there was a real fear of death, you know, anticipatory fear of death, then you would give um, aconite. Whereas nice. if it was if it was um, you know if something had already happened and there had been some trauma, then it's not fear of death as such because it's after the event. Mm. Then Arnica would probably be better suited. Right. So what about, because what fascinates me is I've also been using homeopathy my whole life and had amazing experiences with, with it. Um, and so I, let's go into that in a minute about kind of autoimmune diseases and the more serious um, chronic conditions. But what fascinates me about homeopathy is things like malaria, how things like that can be treated and often how you bring out the symptoms, kind of it gets worse before it gets better, right? Yeah, so basically, um, most things, as I, as I said, most things can be can be treated with homeopathy. What the homeopath is is doing is looking at those symptoms that are most prevalent, most are presenting themselves at the time, mm. and then they're prescribing on that remedy picture. But a homeopathic consultation is a, is a full and long consultation. You know, most people are used to going to see their GP and they, they're lucky if they get 10 or 15 minutes. And it's a very quick consultation, and it's really focused on, on, the, on the one symptom, the chief complaint, if you like, the main reason that they went to see the doctor. That's what they focus on. 
and they don't tend to look at what where that came from or what else it's connected to i mean quite frankly they haven't got the time i mm. mean most doctors would love to to do a proper investigation um but you know they're stretched and they're busy and they do what they can in the time that they have um but when you go to see a homeopath um a first consultation is 90 minutes and of course they're going to start with the main reason that you've come your chief complaint as it's as it's known and they will ask you about that um, where is it how does it feel what's the sensation what makes it better what makes it worse um, does the pain radiate to any other parts of the body um, when did it start how did it start so lots of discussion just on the main reason that you came to see them and then from there they, you might get asked, well, do you, do you experience this kind of pain anywhere else in your body, for example? And then, and then you might, that might lead on to other things, or do you have any other symptoms at the moment? Um, or there may be a discussion about how it started, you know, because it, you know, it might have been a little niggle 10 years ago that's developed into a much bigger thing. So then you'll go back 10 years and really explore what was going on in the person's life back then. And then as the consultation unfolds, um, basically the homeopath and the patient start to notice connections between different things that are going on in somebody's life and their lifestyle and the symptoms that they have. And then these connections are explored. And essentially you're, you're, kind, of following, you're, you're kind of following somebody's pain and you're trying to get to the bottom of why they're in pain and where they have pain and how you can help them. It's not always an easy, an easy thing for the patient to do, um, but it's, you know, and in doing it, that can be a very healing, a very healing process to go through in itself. You know, when do we get the opportunity to sit and openly discuss with somebody about our pain mm. you know, for 90 minutes? And so that can be very healing in itself. And then once the whole consultation has been taken, you're then looking at those symptoms that are presenting themselves now but also considering how they've been affected by past events and of course how somebody's projecting their anxiety about future events um, so it's it's a, it's a far-ranging consultation which could go all the way back into childhood or even somebody's you know even pregnancy mm. depending on how far back things things kind of go and then looking at family illnesses and traits, somebody's lifestyle, somebody's habits and fears and dreams. It's a really interesting consultation. It's a really interesting thing to go through. And then the homeopath will analyze all of that. And um, we're very fortunate now to have um, computers to help us in the analysis because there's, there's, there are a lot of homeopathic remedies. There are currently uh, around 4,000 remedies and you can't, you know, nobody can remember all of those. You know, of course, we remember the popular ones, the ones that are most often prescribed. But often you need the smaller, unusual remedies, you know, mm. because every person is unique. You're looking for the, the individual medicine that fits their individual symptoms. So even if you have 10 patients all coming to you with hay fever, um, they're each going to have a different hay fever remedy. You know, there are loads of hay fever remedies in homeopathy. So you're going to need to find the one that, that really fits your, your patient. Um, so then you would do the analysis and you would look for the remedy. And then you would read through um, the Materia Medicas, which is essentially the material of remedies 
the materia of medicines, materia medica, and um, you would look for that remedy that has the best match to your patient's symptoms and um, constitutional type. And then you would prescribe that remedy in a homeopathic potency, and then the patient would take that, take that remedy, and then they'll come back and see you. It could be in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. It really depends on, on why they've come to see you and um, how quickly you need to see them again. And usually there would be a number of follow-ups and the follow-ups, uh, shorter consultations, usually of 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and then over a series of time, you would, you, would treat that, you would treat that person and hopefully bring them to a better, better place through healing and, and through, and through um, taking them back through their symptoms. We'll be back to the episode really soon, but first, a quick word from our sponsors, Block Blue Light. So as a busy mum and entrepreneur, there are days where I have to work into the evening, and this means being at my screen way longer than I'd prefer. So a while back, I invested in a pair of blue light blocking glasses. Now, if you've never heard of blue light blocking, let me give you a quick rundown. Natural blue light from the sun boosts our mood and alertness, but technology has meant that we're now exposed to so much artificial blue light from screens, devices and all modern lighting and it's really affecting our health. Artificial blue light disrupts our sleep, interferes with our hormones and causes digital eye strain which can lead to long-term eye health issues. Now I've been wearing my blue light blocking glasses for a while but it was in the second lockdown when I was homeschooling that I decided to get a pair for my five-year-old to protect him from the amount of screen time that was required for his learning and he now wears them anytime he's at a screen and if he's watching TV after dark. We got them from Block Blue Light, who are the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products. I chose them above some of the other brands because they're dedicated to delivering the world's most optimal and science-backed blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions like light bulbs. Some benefits you might notice instantly are improved sleep, less headaches, less migraines if you suffer from them, less eye strain, and a genuine boost in your well-being as your body adjusts back to its natural circadian rhythms. And let me tell you, since wearing these glasses, it's the first time in his whole five years that my son has slept past 7am. And my most recent revelation with Block Blue Light has been their fit over glasses. Because I wear glasses for TV and computer and was finding it hard to wear both. But the fit over glasses are designed to slip right over your normal glasses without any heaviness or strain. So you get the best of both worlds. So to check out all of Block Blue Light's incredible health boosting products, including day and nighttime glasses, blue light blocking light bulbs, and 100% light blocking sleep masks to help you into a deeper sleep. Visit blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10 for a 10% discount. That's blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. And I say back through their symptoms because with homeopathy, quite often people are coming to homeopaths um, because they've tried other things and they haven't worked, you know, because uh, most people in the UK, when they get sick, they go and see their GP, you know, it's, it's free. I mean, it's not really free because we're all paying for it through our taxes, but it's kind of free. So they get, you go and see your GP, but what do you do if you get stuck with your GP or what do you do if you don't want to take the medicine that they're suggesting because you feel like the side effects aren't, aren't worth the benefit or, you know, you're worried about the the the, um, the side effects or the chemical pollution or what or or perhaps you have taken the medication and it hasn't worked. 
so then you then you know people start to look for other ideas and then they they find homeopathy that's quite a common route and so in which case by the time people come to see a homeopath you know things have usually progressed quite far um and so um you need to go back through things carefully and kind of unpick them and it's like going back through time and taking somebody back to where they started back to their health you know we talk about restoring health so it's like we're going back we're restoring back to to where they were before they got sick so you might go through a series of layers to return somebody back to a real place of health and if somebody's been chronically ill for decades or a decade you know it, it, it's going to take a little bit of time to get them to get them back to restore them you know occasionally you have fantastic healing responses and it's like a it's like a miracle but these are um you know they're they're they're, they're not everyday occurrences um usually you're working with, with with somebody over a period of time to to slowly bring them back um but if you use homeopathy on a more regular basis you know a bit like going to MOT your car on a year, a yearly basis, then you, you know, a homeopath can keep you in sort of tip-top health in much more in a preventative way. Um, so anyone, you know, people that are into natural medicine and living in a kind of holistic, natural way, uh, more in harmony with the planet. I mean, these are the these are the types of people that that use natural medicine all the time to stay healthy and they're much more mm. conscious of their of their diet and lifestyle choices and generally in a healthier place anyway and of course homeopaths have lots of patients like that on their books as well you know these are the two main sort of camps if you like of, of different patient types yeah I, I love that I um I my homeopath and my naturopath are my GPs <laughs> They're who I call, you know, and I always, you know, think it's a great idea to be set up with a homeopath before you have kids as well, you know, so that when you're kind of going through all those, those difficult moments with babies and, you know, the first fever, the first cold, the first whatever it is, instead of panicking, you call your homeopath and you work with your homeopath on the symptoms. Um, tell me a bit about constitutional remedies and how that works. Okay, so well, in, in homeopathy, there are two ways of prescribing. Um, and one is kind of acute prescribing, um, which is also called sort of therapeutics. Um, and that is very much sort of accident and emergency around the home and, and can be great for babies and kids, you know, and you can, you can learn a little bit about this yourself very easily with a short course or from books. And you can purchase a remedy kit, you know, from a homeopathic pharmacy like Helios or Ainsworth's. And you can then have this kit of 30 remedies and you can learn about the 30 remedies. And then if your child has a bump or a scrape or a fever or a cold, you can, you can have a go with homeopathy. You know, why not? You may as well give it a go. You can put the principles into practice and try a remedy. And if it doesn't work, you kind of you haven't lost anything, maybe a little bit of time, but as long as it's not a, you know, a, a life-threatening thing, then you can, you've got a little bit of time to try and kids are, are so resilient. Um, and, um, and then if you, you know, if you need some help, you can call your homeopath or you can go, can go and see your GP. So that's kind of acute or therapeutic prescribing. And I would, I would 
you know I, I it would be fantastic if everyone was doing that in every home you know that would you'd have so many so less um visits to gps and so fewer phone calls to um the nhs helplines if if people if people did a bit of bit of basic um background reading and prescribing and then constitutional prescribing is 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 kind of the deeper kind of chronic case prescribing where you would see a homeopath and it would be a longer consultation and you'd be looking for somebody's um constitutional remedy and um i suppose a constitutional remedy the idea is that it fits with somebody's constitution so it's it's not just fitting with the presenting symptoms it's also fitting with that person's constitution the kind of deeper um sense of who they are and what makes them individual and what gives them their place in the world mm. and if you read about homeopathic remedies um you know they're like um they're like a kind of they're like people portraits in a way you know they're they're very in-depth and you have this mental picture you have the emotional picture you have the physical picture so when you read if you just read all the list of symptoms they don't really make that much sense but but um homeopaths write them up um like characters to help um students and homeopaths remember all of these symptoms so you get these kind of caricatures of the remedies and that helps people to remember the different um, remedy pictures and so in a sense you're sort of you've got a you've got a sort of constitutional picture there that you're matching to the constitution of your patient so you can still prescribe chronically just on the presenting symptoms and you would have a very good result with a homeopathic remedy if you had a good match um, but if you get a constitutional remedy then that's going a sort of step deeper and you're really you're finding a remedy that could be helpful to this person for many years is mm -hmm. that it, once it becomes their kind of constitutional remedy then no matter what happens to that person that would be the first remedy that you would try because it's their constitutional remedy. It's a very deep acting, very well fitting remedy for that person. But it can change and, over time, right? Because I think my constitutional remedies have changed. They can, yeah, they, it can change. Of course it can change. Everything's always changing, nothing is static. And so it can be helpful for a while. Um, but yeah, so that would, be a, that would be a sort of deep constitutional remedy. Does that, mm. that helps? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's almost like um, the Myers-Briggs personality test in homeopathy because it. I love it how it's kind of laid out, you know, phosphorus is, and, and they write it at, like you say, like a character, writing the remedy as a character. Um, yeah. And it always interests me. And it, it's really interesting things like, are you a hot person or a cold person? You know, do your extremities get cold? Do you dream deeply? Do you remember all your dreams? It's really in-depth stuff. And so you know yeah. that it, yeah that absolutely makes up who I am so I always find that interesting and the kits as well I'm such a fan of the kits I've got I've got about four kits at home I think yeah. <laughs> the the um yeah the kind of the the things the 36 kit is amazing to have at home it is my first port of call for everything that happens with the kids with us we've got the pet kit as well <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely. and the, the birthing kit was amazing as well I use that throughout my lab my labors 
And um, I think the kits are amazing to have at home. Being that we're on the subject of children, I'd like to go there. A lot of my listeners are parents of young children. Mm. And I have found homeopathy to be such a valuable tool in parenthood. Having that, like you say, you know, you could lose a bit of time, but really instead of calling 111, you know, if it's not an absolute emergency or going through bottles of Calpol, it's safer and it's it's kinder on the body and it's such a great way to use nature to help heal and I think for me as well it has taught me so much about um, children's bodies and about you know how to support them as opposed to kind of reacting to a symptom it's more about supporting the body and obviously I've learned all this through my homeopaths over the years but you know my homeopaths have treated things from whooping cough to measles to you know general fevers to absolutely everything and I'd love for you to talk a bit about the power of homeopathy in childhood illnesses yeah sure I think well first of all homeopathy with babies newborns kids and and pets and animals I mean it's such a it's such a um, fantastic way to see it working Mm. um, because you know they're 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 so vital at that age, and um, the healing happens so quickly. And because kids have a lot of acutes, you really get to see the magic of homeopathy and the power of it working so quickly. Yeah, and it and it, and it really is amazing. You know to see that sort of change, and it really sort of shows you just how um, successful homeopathy homeopathy can be. Like with teething, for example, it, yeah, you see it, it instantly. Is, yeah, and for a mum or, you know, or a dad or just for the family, you know, to have the ability to be able to help your kids and animals, um, you know, it's so empowering. Mm. And it's something that we've kind of lost. In a way, in a way, the internet has brought it back a little bit. You know, we all sort of search and look up our symptoms, but it's also slightly terrifying because you always find the worst possible picture of, of the symptoms that you might have. But it does give the patient the power and the knowledge again. Mm. So a lot of people that come to see a homeopath or a GP, you know, they know they almost know more about what they've got than, than, than you do because you're just starting, you know, from what from what you know. And that, but this person's done all this research. But having that power and knowledge in in with 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 medicine with homeopathy is 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 so much um, yeah so much more empowering for the parents and it mm. gives them the ability to help their children. So I think that that's that's really um, helpful. And as I've already said, you know, it's very easy to learn a bit about these remedy kits. Mm. Um, you know, we do a first aid course for home, which um goes with one of the helios remedy kits so you would have the helios remedy kit mm. and then the course teaches you about the 30 remedies the 30 plus remedies that are in the kit and how to prescribe them um, and we do one for animals and we do one for mothers and babies and there and so it teaches you how to use those helios remedy kits really well and there's you know there's movie lectures there's the study manual there's a couple mm. of books and so after a few days of study you're going to be feeling really confident and you're going to be able to to help your kids um, and you can tackle as as you were saying you can tackle all sorts of things 
Um, and kids have a lot of acutes and they have a lot of little accidents, but they don't always warrant, you know, going to the GP or to A&E. And I mean, obviously, if they do, that's what you do. It's quite straightforward. But if it's something, you know, like this, the onset of um, some ear infection uh, or teething or, you know, a grazed knee, then, yeah, have a, have a go. Do help and you'll be you'll be absolutely amazed with the results that you can get um what and, sort and that of, will just add to your confidence what sort of conditions have you seen that have really been helped in children and babies over the years most of the childhood illnesses are very effectively helped with homeopathy yeah I mean I had some kids I'm just going back I mean I had one child that was suffering from alopecia a mm. girl and you know that's heartbreaking at that age she was what eight years old and her hair was really thinning and she had bold patches um and you know the the they came and the presenting symptoms were alopecia but of course as we discussed as as we discussed the case and she was quite good at chatting but her mum was there as well and was able to to talk to and as as we went on you know it became very clear that this was all from bullying at school and it was all anxiety um, driven. And so, um, you know, working with that and um, finding, finding, the, finding the, some good remedies, um, we managed to turn that, turn that round and her hair, you know, improved. But actually what improved was her situation at school mm. and her relationship with the bullies and her attitude towards the bullies. And then once that improved, then the hair improved. But as far as mother and child were concerned, the hair was improving, you know, it was coming yeah. back. But from the homeopathic perspective, you know, this other thing had to improve in order for the hair to prove. Otherwise, you've got like a kind of maintaining, a maintaining cause. Um, but, home, you know, lots of kids get um, eczema and asthma or they have sleep issues um, or they have anxiety issues. You know, there's, you know, we have the 11 plus a lot of that, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of adults you talk to remember how terrifying the 11 plus was and what a sort of effect that had on them. And so just helping, helping children with that and just the general kind of anxiety around um, fitting in mm. and the stress of social media. You know, there are so many more things to think about, let alone, you know, climate change and COVID that are going on. You know, there's always some disaster going on on planet Earth. You know, that's 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 what uh, that's what we like to report to ourselves through the news. But things, yeah, things seem pretty bad at the moment. You know, when we were growing up, there were, we were impending death from nuclear war. You know, now we've got impending death from a pandemic and climate change. Um, but somehow yeah somehow climate change seems like a bigger problem because it needs the entire planet to work together um and the pandemic does as well but the pandemic is you know you can kind of see your enemy and we're you know we know what we're fighting and there's lots of war talk but with climate change and so yeah that's a real you know that is a problem and that is a stress for kids i'm sure you know what are they inheriting and what are we doing about it but so yeah so homeopathy can help with all of these things so i guess what i'm touching on is kind of physical simple physical complaints right the way through to mental and emotional issues yeah that's what i wanted to get at because it, it it's very powerful for emotional issues um 
in adults and children and there are some severe things that can be tackled with homeopathy and I've seen it firsthand um which I just think is fascinating and you know like we touched on earlier autoimmune diseases chronic conditions the sad thing I, I always find about that like you say that people often go to a homeopath as the last resort as opposed to the first port of call whereas it would be so much easier for the homeopath if once you start having these symptoms you tackle it with homeopathy um, as opposed to coming to a homeopath being wheeled in in a wheelchair unable yeah. to kind of even explain what's going on because you're in so much pain um that's yeah i mean that's where we are at the moment in the uk i mean in other mm. countries it's very different you know homeopathy yeah. is, is huge in india for example yeah but india you know everyone trains in medicine and then they either specialize in pharmacology which is the use of drugs or they specialize in homeopathy which is the use of homeopathic medicines and that and that is that is their medical system so when you choose to go and see um, a, a health professional in india you're choosing whether to see a pharmacologist or a homeopath and that you know that's a fantastic model and homeopathy is huge over there thousands of homeopaths millions of, of um, people relying on it every day how um, amazing is that i mean it's so empowering yeah. because you're giving people a choice as opposed to to kind of you know instilling this idea that it might be not you know it might not be great and you should go with conventional medicine because that's what we know it's giving people the choice of here are two valid options which one suits you best which one do you prefer you're empowering the patient to take responsibility then which I think is is really, Absolutely. really powerful. Why do you think then in the UK, and I won't even say in Europe, because I know in places like Germany, it's like, isn't it like 70% of the population have a homeopathic kit at home or something? Um, so it's mainly the UK. Why do you think we've got so much opposition to homeopathy here and in the US? Well, I think homeopathy boomed and boomed all the way through the 70s, 80s and 90s. It was an absolute success story and it was becoming a first port of call for many people. And natural medicine saw a real kind of um, growth as well. And it still does actually. I mean, natural medicine um, is growing over 20% um, in the UK every year. And you, you know, we know that because we hear and see it on television and in our magazines and in the news all the time. Like we, you know, if you go back to, to when we were little kids that you just, you know, if somebody said, homeopathy to you would have just thought they were talking another language whereas now you know most people have heard of homeopathy they might not understand fully what it is and the same you know the same for acupuncture and ayurvedic medicine and chinese medicine you know all these big systems of natural medicine are all sort of understood now because they're so widely used so although homeopathy gets a bit of a bashing you have to you have to remember sort of how big and successful it's become and it is sort of it's sort of part of its success is the reason that it is under the spotlight more you know if it was if it was just a quiet little thing that a few people use then nobody would nobody would be writing about it or caring about it so i think it's a, it's a sort of yeah it's a symptom of its own success in a way but also you know homeopaths have just been focused on helping people they they haven't been focused on marketing or getting their story out there or you know it's all just people telling people that they had a great experience with a homeopath you should try homeopathy mm. so when when um, homeopathy started to get questioned in the uk the profession just wasn't ready they didn't know what to do you know they didn't know 
what if you got asked onto the BBC News to give some kind of counter argument, nobody was trained, nobody yeah. had media training, nobody knew what you were supposed to do. And the same with, you know, with the press. So I think, you know, unfortunately in the UK, I think homeopathy got to a size where it was, un, you know, sort of like, okay, it was under the spotlight. And then there were a few very vocal critics that sort of made it their place to keep questioning what homeopathy was about. And these critics uh, had very good connections to the media. Um, you know, one, one worked at The Guardian, another one worked at The Times. Yeah. You know, another one, you know, the BBC did, did pieces. You know, these are the main sort of voice vocal points in the UK media. And suddenly they're coming out with this kind of anti-homeopathy story. And the profession just wasn't ready to sort of stick up for itself. It just didn't, yeah. just didn't have the ability. And so um, I think it was very much caught on the back foot and a lot of catching up um, has been needed. Um, but there, yeah, a small handful of um, deniers or skeptics, whatever you want to call them, have kind of almost made it their life's work yeah. to try and stamp homeopathy out. It's always those same okay. names as well that come up, isn't it? There's... Always the same names, yeah. But really, they're, they're, what they're opposing um, seems to be the use of the, dil the dilution of the... Uh, remedies the dilution in water is that usually what they're opposing they well I think they're just anti-homeopathy actually mm. and and because that's their argument though that's what they use yeah to because they're, because they're anti-homeopathy they're looking for different points that they can pull it down on and one of the easiest um, points from a scientific perspective to pull homeopathy down on is the potentization of the medicines and that's because um, once you get over a certain dilution um, known as Abrogado's number, which in homeopathic terms would be around 12C or 13C on, a, on the remedy scale, then it is, it's impossible to find an original molecule of the original substance in, in, the, in the medicine. Mm. And so if you are a materialist and you're into that kind of science, then of course you want to see the molecules because as far as you're concerned it's that it's those molecules that are causing the the, the bringing about the healing response mm. so if those molecules aren't in there then that medicine can't be working which um, is crazy because it allows for no nuance or understanding of energy and frequencies yeah, well, there are different theories as to how the homeopathic remedies are working and, um, you know, scientific theories that, that it's going to be interesting to see which one um, sort of proves, come, proves first, you know, it could happen in the next five years or so. Um, and there are, the, you know, there's the nanoparticle theory, there's the coherence um, theory um, and... Uh, can, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you want to dwell on this. No, 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 it's fine. It was just, yeah. it was more are, of just kind three, of understanding are, that. Yeah, there are sort of three or four theories that are going around that have all that have all been proved out with scientific experimentation, but not fully enough to be a hundred percent. So they all need more work, and there are leading scientists around the world looking in, you know, looking into this. And wouldn't it be an amazing thing to to solve? You know. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it, that is an easy point, um, for, to trip homeopathy up on, you know, why don't, you know, 
maybe homeopaths should only prescribe remedies under 13C, you know, problem solved. But actually, we're about helping patients, and we know that the other remedies are important mm. and and needed um, when prescribing and helping patients. That's the that's the most important thing. So there's no point just saying to all homeopaths, "I'll only prescribe the ones that you can physically find molecules in," because yeah, that's yeah. not going to be any good for the patient. But you have to remember, you know, that um, everyone was using and taking paracetamol for decades before they worked out how paracetamol worked. Yeah. You know, it was only through observation and trial and experimentation that they knew how para- they knew that paracetamol was effective for certain things. And yeah. so everyone took it, not knowing how it worked. Yeah. Same with um, anesthetic, you know. And so you wouldn't say, oh, we can't, we can't use anesthetic because we don't know how it works. There's no. Over, if you look at the treatments used on the NHS, only 11% of them have effective science behind them. Somewhere along the way on my journey towards wellness, I learned that what I put on my body is as important as what I put in my body. So I began looking for natural skincare brands. It was surprisingly difficult to find products that were both genuinely natural and also felt as luxurious as the conventional brands I was used to. I wanted them to smell nice, I wanted texture, and of course I wanted products that really worked. Then a few years ago I found Urban Veda, and I've been using their products ever since. I'm also not paying extortionate prices for the products. They're totally affordable at the same time as being natural, vegan and cruelty free. One of the things I love about Urban Veda is how the products are formulated with Ayurvedic principles, offering options for all different skin types and doshas. You can even take their fun dosha quiz on urbanveda.com to find out your personality and skin type. As an offering from Urban Veda to my listeners, you can get a very generous 15% discount across their range by visiting urbanveda.com and using the code Lauren15 at checkout. Thank you so much to Urban Veda. And even that can be questionable because there's always a lot of bias in in a lot of the scientific studies. And I think it's a shame because we are at this point in time where these skeptics um, argue it based on what is proven science. But I'm a big believer that there is so much that we also can't know and that's okay. And it's okay to not always know. I, I was given homeopathy as a first port of call when I was diagnosed with arthritis at the age of two. Mm. And my whole childhood, until my 20s, I did not know how homeopathy worked. And I yeah. never questioned it. You know, it was until my 20s that I thought, oh, maybe I'll... one, it was Dr. Peter Fisher, the late Dr. Peter Fisher that said, what remedies have you been on before? And I said, I've, I've never asked. I don't know. I was in my 20s at that point. And I think that's just kind of... And it worked. <laughs> and it's, a t- you know, when we talk about babies and pets, the great thing in observing that is, is you can see it's not placebo. And sometimes, mm. like with these big kind of questions of life that, you know, Einstein and da Vinci were talking about, we don't always have to understand everything because sometimes on a human level, it isn't possible to understand the energetics of how something works. And don't you think it would be a very dull place to live? If we understood, if we did. yes, exactly, and that's what annoys me about these science. Alive people. on planet Earth, and it's exciting and exhilarating, and it has its ups and downs. And you know, just on the news last night, they're talking about this fifth energy that they're about to discover. You know, before there were only four. You know, there's this new fifth energy, and it's like, wow. 
And it's like the, you know, the deeper you deep, you know, the, there's elements, there's atoms. Oh, let's, yeah. let's, we can now look a little bit further. Right. Oh, quarks in there. Oh my right. God, what are quarks? And I'm sure once they can look inside a quark, they're going to find something else in there. Right. And that's just the, that's just the magic of, of life. And to say that humans understand everything is just, I don't know, it's so mystical and so ridiculous. I know. And, but the nature um, of so you. so much to discover. The nature of humanity is that we, for some reason, even though we know that, okay, they opened that up and found something else, is that until the scientists do it, we don't believe that there is anything else until someone tells us to believe. Even when psychics and, you know, sages and mystics have experienced things, we just don't believe it unless it is, quote unquote, proven by science. And and that's a shame. Yeah, but also we have to remember that that is that we talk about that as though it's a kind of bigger, the bigger thing, you know, for the whole population, but actually there's a massive shift. There's a massive change going on, Mm. a move away from kind of materialism, if you like, um, for all sorts of reasons. Um, And people are kind of just doing their own investigation and understanding their own bodies and looking around themselves and doing their own research and realizing that um, there is a lot more to life in all sorts of directions Mm. um, that you do need to sort of um, wake up a bit and find out for yourself and not just take everything to be um, rare you know as you as it as it said and are you seeing this with the school are you getting more people approaching like as the years have gone on have you seen a change in people's attitudes towards it yeah, for sure. Um, the school has continued to grow and, and be popular. And, you know, we have we have the attendance course, but we in the UK, which is which is a lovely way to study in person. Um, but we also have the online courses that have been going since the 80s. And we have students in over 80 different countries. Um, we have hundreds of enrollments every uh, every year. Um, and I think, you know, I remember, yeah, I remember when I was a kid and the, the, the types of people that were coming to study homeopathy, there is, I think there is a difference now, you know, you do get, you do get a wider spectrum of people coming to study homeopathy and that, which is great, um, you know, um, so yeah, I do think, I do think there is a, a shifting pattern, mm. but just as I was saying before, just generally about, just being more conscious about nature and natural health is there's a real kind of growth and thank goodness you know gosh yeah we we certainly need it yeah so if someone's listening now having thought about using homeopathy but not really sure where to start what would be your advice to them yeah good question so basically here in the uk we have a website called findahomeopath.org and so if you go on there that is a directory of all the registered homeopaths. So you're gonna get um, the Society of Homeopaths, the Alliance Register of Homeopaths, which are the professional homeopaths. So any students that have trained with us for four years are gonna be registered either with the Society or the Alliance. If you're a doctor homeopath, which means you've, you've studied to be a doctor and then you've studied homeopathy as well, then you're gonna be registered with the Faculty of Homeopaths and the doctor homeopaths are also on the find a homeopath website and the vet veterinary homeopaths are also on there too so it is the one place to go 
So you go to find a homeopath, you pop in your postcode and you're going to find all the homeopaths that are nearby you. And there's going to be, there are around 3,000 homeopaths in the UK. So you should find a reasonable selection around you. And then what I would recommend is that you pick three or four from the list and have a look at their websites and contact them mm -hmm. and ask them about where they trained, how long they've been in practice, what experience they have with the particular ailment that, you, that you're going to be taking them to see, what their kind of ethos is, what their fee structure is, how available they are, how many consultations you think they would need, you know, just some general questions and ask all three or four of them the same questions, maybe have a chat on the phone and see who you've got the best rapport with. Mm. Um, because this is hopefully you want to find somebody that you that's going to help you with this thing but actually they become a trusted healthcare professional that you're going to go back to time and time again yeah. for different things that crop up so it's you know it's worth putting in a bit of legwork and finding somebody that you have that connection with absolutely uh, and that you know that's that you feel that you can trust and that's going to be able to help you and it is lovely because they end up, like you say, being kind of your personal healthcare practitioner that you approach whatever's going on in your life. And it almost ends up, they end up like a little bit of a therapist for you as well. It's, it's yeah. a very special relationship. And one thing before we end, because something that I've heard often, thankfully not too often, people have said is, well, I tried homeopathy once and it didn't work. <laughs> and I wanted to touch on that just because I think it's sure. important for anyone listening who is coming from that place. I mean, we never say I tried conventional medicine once and it didn't work. We, we keep trying, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important to remember that no medicine is 100 percent. OK, it just doesn't it just doesn't exist. And medicine helps you to heal yourself. The medicine doesn't heal you. The medicine provides a space for you to heal yourself. So if you take a painkiller, the pain is still there. The painkiller has killed the pain whilst yeah. your body quietly heals in the background. You know, if you cut yourself, you put cream and a plaster on it, the cream and the plaster hasn't healed the cut. Mm. Your body has healed the cut. Yeah. So you're, you're, looking, you're looking for something to give you that space to heal yourself. And no medicine is 100%. I think homeopathy is about 70%. You know, I haven't done, some homeopaths have done the analysis on their practice and they can actually tell you, oh, I have a 70% oh, wow. success rate. But I take that figure from a study that was done at the Bristol Homeopathic Hospital. I think it was back in 2006, but they saw over 6,500 patients over a six-year period, and there were over 23,000 cases. So those patients were obviously having multiple mm. you know, visits, not just one visit. And they saw a 70% improvement in those patients and 50% of them said it was a major improvement. 70% said they reported an improvement. And the main ailments that were being treated were eczema, asthma, irritable bowel, menopause, migraines, bowel disease. Those were the main, I mean, obviously they were seeing all sorts of things, but mm. those were the main things that they were helping with. So that's quite a, I mean, that's a fantastic study. Mm. Um, and done with homeopathy and individualized medicine and repeat prescriptions. I think the other thing with homeopathy is, yes, you can go and have one consultation and you can be very lucky and have a fantastic remedy and it's amazing. But actually, if you're going to see a homeopath, you need to be thinking a bit more long term than that. Yeah. You know, at least commit to three consultations. But ideally, just be thinking, if I find somebody good, then you know, I want to be seeing them to look after my health. And maybe mm -hmm. for this first thing, you're going to be seeing them a few times. 
And then after that, just say, well, they're just, you know, like I go to the dentist Maintenance. Year, yeah. I'm going to go to my homeopath once a year. And sometimes you might think, well, I feel fine. But actually, if you go and have a chat and go through some things, then you're mm. using it in a kind of preventative way. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that covers the bases. Yes, if you try homeopathy once and it doesn't work, well, you can try anything once and it might not work. Yeah. I think you, you know, if you're looking for a natural way to look after your health, then I would suggest you give it, give it a bit more of a, a go. And I would say, yeah, I would say around 70%, but I base that on that on that research study. Even that is, you know, multifactorial because the 100% of those people might have been using homeopathy and then eating McDonald's every day or be in a very bad emotional state or dealing with trauma at the same time. Uh, there's so many factors to it that could have ensured that it that didn't reach well, a yeah, higher I mean, number. Yeah, so what you're referring to there are maintaining causes. So when you when you see a homeopath, they will be considering what the maintaining causes in a case are. Mm. And those are things that, you know, if you don't stop doing them, it's going to be very hard for you to improve your health. And that could be a poor diet, but um, it's more likely to be some kind of stressor. For example, I mean, this doesn't happen very often in the UK, but, you know, if you lived in a really damp house, and you were having symptoms that were caused by the damp, you know, it doesn't matter how much medication that person takes, homeopathic or otherwise, because you haven't removed the maintaining cause of mm. a damp house and that person's susceptible to it, you're, you're probably not going to get them better. You might be able to help them a bit, but really they need to move house or they need to, or they need to sort out the damp issue. But you can take that very same concept and translate it to, you know, a passive aggressive boss and you go to work every day and you hate it and you yeah. don't and you fear your boss and they're passive aggressive and you can't do anything about it. And so really that person needs to find a new job. But, you know, maybe through homeopathy, they will be brave enough to find a new job or something will shift. You know, like the example I gave with my girl with alopecia and the bullying, you know, the bullies didn't leave. Yeah. She still went to the same school, you know, her mother could have moved her from school, but actually her attitude towards the bullies changed and then the bullying changed mm. and then everything else kind of resolved itself. And that's the, that's the beauty of, of homeopathy, really, I think. Yeah, amazing. I think that's a lovely note to end on. So before I end, as I told you before, we uh, do a little thing called All About You. It's a series of quick fire questions. Oh, yes for the listener to get to know you a bit better. So the first one is a fill in the blank. Wellness is? Creativity and freedom to do Ooh. what you want to do. I love that. I'm passionate about homeopathy because? Because it's about helping other people. And from my perspective, running the school, it's about broadening people's horizons. You know, when people come to study homeopathy, it's a little bit like going to a university all about you and you learn all about yourself you increase your self-awareness and your self-knowledge and then you can also use all of that to help other people so it's such an amazing gift and so you know helping helping people to have a more fulfilling and rich life and to to build greater self-awareness is a fantastic thing to be doing I think brilliant um if you could have another career what would it be oh well, sometimes I ask myself that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel very happy where I am. I'm very lucky to be where I am. So I don't I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying myself a lot. Well, wow, that's a that's brilliant. That's a lovely answer. Uh, a book that changed your life. 
Oh, now, I love reading books and uh, there are many. Um, I've been meaning to put together a book list of books that have changed my life um, because I get asked about this from time to time. So Edgar Tolley, The Power of Now mm. has got to be in there. Yeah. But also um, The Four Agreements is absolutely amazing little read. Okay. Um, I'm trying, I can't, it's, yeah, I can't remember the author's name now. Both of those books are amazing, life-changing reads. And The Four Agreements, I mean, you read that in about an hour. Oh, wow. And then you're like, oh my God, everyone needs to read this. <laughs> I love books like that. You buy loads and give them away. And The Power of Now is, is, is also like that, but that's a slightly longer read. But yeah. Yeah, those, those two come straight to mind. Brilliant. And lastly, what are you most enchanted by in a person? Oh, well, just in what makes them individual, what makes them who they are. I think we're all beautiful beings trying to do the best we can to live harmoniously on planet Earth. And everyone has their, their story and their uniqueness. And it's lovely to meet new people and see how they're doing. Lovely. Manny, where can we find more information about your courses and the school? We will link everything up in the show notes, but tell us where everyone can find you. Um, well, the simplest thing is to go to the School of Homeopathy, which is homeopathyschool.com or to the School of Health, which is schoolofhealth.com. Those are our two websites and there's loads of information on there. Obviously, the School of Homeopathy is the main one to go to for homeopathy. And you'll see we are the longest running school in the UK. And we're accredited by the Society of Homeopaths. And we have a, a wide variety of courses to choose from and an amazing faculty with because of the reputation of the school, we've had pretty much all the world's leading homeopaths come and teach at the school, and they've all allowed us to record them and be part of the courses. And we have six of the world's leading homeopaths as patrons to the school, and they've all been very generous with their teaching materials. So we're yeah, we're in a we're in a good position. If you're interested in homeopathy and want to know more, check out the website. Come and, and give us a call. Amazing. Thank you so much for all your time and this valuable information that I know a lot of people are going to benefit a lot from. That's great. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting. I hope it's useful for some people. I'm sure it will be. Thanks, Manny. Take care. Bye now. This season of Reconditioned is sponsored by Block Blue Light, the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products, including blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions. Blue light blocking products aim to alleviate digital eye strain, improve sleep and optimize health through mitigating the harmful effects of artificial light from screens and modern lighting. For a 10% discount across the range, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and enter the code LAUREN10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.